What if our capacity to imagine has been so badly damaged by the information climate of our times that destruction is all we can see? What if deforming our ability to imagine the present is precisely what governments and power structures do to control us? And what if I told you we have the power to change this? I believe we do. To seize this power requires a radical change in perspective, however. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to my newest sub-podcast, which is an alphabet podcast. The words that I just read were from the book recently published called The Dictionary of the Undoing by author John Freeman. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this uh, author nor on this book in this podcast, because I want to keep these episodes to 10 minutes or less. They will be focused, they will be pointed, they will be political, but hopefully they will be useful as we seek to reconfigure, rebuild, restructure after this crisis moment that we are in. I'm going to encourage you if you want to learn more about John Freeman, this book, and my thoughts related to this word, as well as to uh, this whole concept of this podcast, please go to my blog, which is www.edtechemergent.com. And I'll have that in the show notes as well. So a little bit more about John Freeman. He says in the introduction to his book, now keep in mind, this book was published before the pandemic. Well, pretty much every book we can read was published before the pandemic because this has unfolded so quickly, so fast. Any book we're going to read, especially a book like this one about the political and social difficulty of our time, we're now going to have to read through the current crisis in which we live. So his words take on a different meaning. He says in the introduction that I just read, he says to take back this perspective, this radical change in perspective. He says, to do so, we need to take one tool being vandalized before our very eyes, language, and reclaim it and redefine what it means to be an ethical citizen in the present moment. That's on page seven. And then in the book, he says this about the words in this dictionary of the undoing. He says, each word feeds into the next word. And I hope by book's end, at the very least, one or two sparks will have been lit. So you can see how big the core of possibility before us is, how much language, which gives us the ability to say what we mean and live within complexity, awaits our use. So his thesis, in short, is that language and images and the tools of communication, the digital networks, the social media, the news feeds that we are so fed into at this point are not giving us the truth, that they are being manipulated by the politicians, by the corporations, by the powers that be that want to keep us apathetic. And that leads us into the first letter, which is A for agitate. So in this podcast, I'm going to go letter by letter and give a short reflection on some of the words, some of the thoughts that uh, John Freeman tells us, and then again reflect on how this word, this notion can be lived, should be lived in this present moment of crisis. 
You may wonder, how is this different than the other sub-podcast that I'm doing, which has to do with values for the common good? Well, those are values. Those are more about how we should try to live and goals that we should have and ideals that we should uphold. These were a little more pointed. This is more urgent. But I also think that the language is important. So hopefully by learning these words, by reflecting on these words here in the podcast and also on my blog, that we can have a strategy. We can have a method of going forward into the reality in which we live, but also in what comes later. So he begins the chapter for A, which is A for agitate. We are angry and ashamed, but mostly we are apathetic. We know the powers that be depend on it. And then he says, we need to face this hard question. If we're ever going to redefine agitate as an active word, when was the last time you heard it used as into agitate for change, to agitate for justice, to agitate for fairness, to agitate for an end to corruption? We begin change by realizing that if we can't completely opt out of the system, we can at least figure out ways to build spaces within it, living active places that make change possible. We need to agitate against apathy. And that's really the core of this letter, this agitation. Many of us today are agitated. We're afraid. We're scared. We have been woken up out of our apathy. Now you might say, well, wait a second. We're half this country, more than half this country, angry at the current administration, angry at many of the things that he and his cronies were doing. Yeah, of course. But, but did we really do very much? We protested. We walked in the streets. We wrote letters. We made phone calls. We wrung our hands. We threw our hands up. But nothing really changed. There was a moment with the impeachment when it became clear that the powers that be weren't going to make a change. Well, you know what? (laughs) Viruses, natural disasters, pandemics, whatever it might be, you know, they have the last word. And that is what we're living right now. All of that structure that we have put into place. And it's not just Donald Trump's fault. It's the powers that be that brought him and sustained him. It is those of us who haven't been involved in politics before this, who were pretty comfortable, who took a lot for granted. And right now our world is being upended and it quite frankly can and will likely get worse. We're likely to see things that we've never seen before. At the very least, this stimulus package that is the largest ever in U.S. history, which even our politicians can't agree on because there's so many options for corruption and sludge and and slush and slush funds involved in it. So we're seeing that. So what do we do? Where do we agitate? How do we agitate? Well, I think this is interesting. Um, Freeman says that we have to get off the media. We have to get off the news feeds. We have to not keep swallowing what they, the powers that be, that want us to continue to swallow. He says, there are places all around us calling to us, our local chapters of unions, our places of worship, our parks, our town squares, our libraries, our meditation centers. He says, it is so much harder to manipulate these places, to chase optimism from them. 
If we are going to turn agitation on its head, we need to step away from the forms that are doing it to build dependence and instead turn toward the spaces that cannot be entirely controlled by government and tech companies. Let me list those places again. Chapters of unions, places of worship, parks, town squares, libraries, meditation centers, places where the public, where the common space, the common people gather, and that's where we need to be. Now, what's interesting is we can't physically be in those spaces anymore. Yeah, we're doing it virtually. We're using technology that a big tech company is probably making a whole lot of money off of right now. That being said, maybe we are realizing how much we need each other, how much just simple connection in a real way makes a difference and matters. And these spaces that we are creating, the virtual spaces, the spaces where people are blogging and podcasting and streaming and just connecting in the parks and the town squares, not in the libraries because those are closed, but all of those places maybe there is a starting point. And at the very least, maybe as we are putting down our comfortable culture where we can run to a bar or a restaurant or just go shopping to take the edge off of our frustration, maybe, just maybe, something new will come out of this. That our agitation won't be anxiety, but our agitation, or apathy, certainly, but our agitation will be about change and change for the common good change where we are united in purpose for all people, for all life, for the common good. So thank you for listening to this new sub podcast. Please check out my website and I hope that you are well and be well.